Welcome back to Tackling the Premier League Podcast. I am your host, Jack Sosa17. Alongside me, I have BJ the Germ Jackson, Jay Sue the Boob Sewer. It is so great to be back. We're back on track. We're giving you the game week rundowns each week, tackling the Premier League, telling you everything we think and everything you should know from the previous week. We have a lot to cover today, including the end of the January transfer window. We've got some controversy inside one of the Premier League's biggest clubs and 10 games to get to. So we'll go ahead and jump on that. Boys, first, how are we doing? Doing good over here. Still happy to be top of the table. Could be better, could be worse, but it'll all play out. That's right. It'll all play out. It's right. And uh, it's played out, hasn't it, guys? Uh, we're, we've come to the end of the January transfer window where 19 out of the 20 clubs have chosen to re-strengthen themselves. Uh, the 20th uh, choosing not to because they're pretty strong in the first place. They don't need anybody else. Um, but we'll kick it off uh, with uh, Friday's afternoon game. Uh, Chelsea, the team who has spent by far the most amount of money in the Premier League this season, um, hosted Fulham in a... West London Derby. It's it's crazy. If you haven't looked, look at the geography of these two teams. They're so close together. It's incredible. Not quite as close as other teams, but it, it's a it's a pretty close rivalry. And uh, it's, it was played out in a pretty close contest on that day. Chelsea strutting their new their uh, their new signings. Enzo Fernandez, uh, Mikelo Mudrik, both starting, as well as uh, I'm gonna butcher this, so bear with me. Benoit Badilashvili. Their new center back, who did not get registered for the Champions League, we'll talk about that. That was really, uh, that was really close. Good job, Jack. Was it? Was it good? It's, yeah, yeah, it was really good. Appreciate that. Anyways, the game was really close as it ended in a nil-nil draw. But uh, I think some would agree with me that that was definitely the most exciting uh, nil-nil draw we've seen in a very long time. What was y'all's take on that game, guys? Uh, what was your take on uh, new signing Enzo Fernandez in, in his first match? And uh, also, Mikelo Merdrick, what what do we think about him? I mean, I'll go ahead and start off. I mean, Merdrick, sad to see him subbed off at half like that. Not what you want out of your um, first Premier League start. Not not, Does not build your confidence at all. But Enzo Fernandez, he played the whole game, so that's good. He did make a few mistakes here and there, but that's what you expect out of someone that's going to be center midfielder in the Premier League. It's going to take a minute to catch on. But Chelsea, I mean, they can get everything right. They look they look like a really, really good team here, guys. They got young talent everywhere all over the pitch. It's what you want to see if you're a team, um, a fan of a team. You want to see this young talent. They just got to get it together. They will eventually. Might not be this year, but though this talent will come together. But Fulham looked the better team on this uh, pitch today, in my opinion, fellas. I think Fulham overall um, was uh, the mid- midfielder Paulinha. He dominated the pitch. What did y'all think about his performance? I think he's been great ever since he's come in for Fulham. I think he, him, uh, Mitrovic, and a surprise one in Tim Ream have really been the core three in each of their particular areas. Even uh, even William. William's yeah. been playing really well for Fulham. Yeah, he's looking back to his Chelsea days, um, honestly. It's kind of rejuvenated his career. Yeah, definitely, definitely been a spark. Uh, and just some, throw some match stats out for you guys. Chelsea with 66.9% of the possession to Fulham's 33.1. Fulham had more shots on target, but Chelsea more shots in total. 
but I feel like, it, like you said, BJ, Fulham were, were the most convincing team out of the two. It's going to take some time for this Chelsea team to gel. Uh, but with that being said, those are, these are two, ga- two games uh, that both of these teams have played against each other so far in this Premier League. Uh, and uh, that aggregate score comes out to 2-1 Fulham as they won the reverse fixture back at Craven Cottage earlier in January. Uh, that leads Fulham still ahead of Chelsea in the table. Uh, and, and and this Fulham team is kicking on and rocking. Very good game, and uh, and for me, a, a very good team as well. Yeah, it was a really good nil-nil game to watch, and interesting stat is every game that uh, Batty started at the back for Chelsea, um, they haven't conceded a goal. Yep. I was going to mention that as well, Justin. Did you read my paper? <laughs> I think I might have taken a sneak peek at it. He's reading the he's reading the cheat sheet. He's reading the cheat sheet. Marco Silva's men uh are marching on. We'll see what they can tackle through the second half of the Premier League. We'll move on to uh the seven thirty AM game where league leaders Arsenal visited uh 19th place Everton at Goodison Park. Uh the first game in the Sean Dyche era. Uh, and and what a game to start off for Sean Dyche, guys. Uh, 60th minute, James Tarkowski header from a corner kick sees Everton win 1-0. The first time they've won since October, only their first win of the, or their fourth win of the year. BJ, question for you, man. What 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 went wrong today for the men in the red shirts? No, nah, I mean it was just the case of uh, the new manager high for Everton here, in my opinion. Uh, right manager, right game. A team that loves to press and uh, stay on the attacking side of the ball in Arsenal. And then you got a team like um, Everton with their new uh, manager, and I'm blanking on his name, Dice. Sean, Sean Dice. Dice, yeah. Yep, Sean Dice. Um, the way he plays, man, it was perfect setup for him today and couldn't ask for a better performance out of Everton, in my opinion. It sucks, but at least we'll get to it later. But at least another team took the L this weekend. <clears throat> Sean Dice really had this team ready to go. Um, yeah. They defended the V very well. Um, I, there's a video floating around on Twitter that uh, everyone should go see um, with how he sets his teams up to defend that V in the box and keep everything out wide, which they did a really good job of staying tight and then attacking on the counter as they only had 30% possession, but that was all that need that was needed, and they got out on the break pretty well, um, which is something that they haven't done too well this year. Not created enough chances, but today they did. Yeah, I'll give you my perspective on it. Uh, just from the off, I mean, it, it it was wonderful to see how much pressure was being applied by by the Everton players. I mean, there was a lot of there's a lot of not necessarily high high up the pitch pressing, but anytime. Uh, a player would get the ball. They were right at their heels, chomping at the bit to get the ball back. Uh, Sean Dyche, Sean definitely new manager bounce, had, had that team uh, excited and, and had them working hard for the shirt. Um, I also like to point out, you know, Arsenal's most effective players this season have been uh, Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, and, and uh, Martin Odegaard. And other than uh, Gabriel Martinelli crossed a Bukayo Saka that was cleared off the line uh, by Connor Cody. 
those three were were pretty well handled. Uh, there was a, there was a really interesting battle in the first half between Saka and uh, Mikalinko. Saka got the better of him a couple of times, but it didn't lead to much other than an Eddie and Ketia sky shot that uh, just just was off target. But I'll say this about about. Uh, the naysayers on dice, you know, they call it anti-ball is the way he plays. In this game, Everton touched the ball 67 times in Arsenal's penalty area. That's up 70% from their average in any of the Premier League games so far this season. And, and if if Dice plays anti-ball, I don't even want to know what Frank Lampard ball was because uh, the the attacks had a little bit of danger to him, whereas all season long, none of our attacks had any danger to him. Uh, he he elected to start Abdullah Decore, who who started only one game this season, has been basically abolished from the team. Um, really, just a, a a really solid game plan and, and a and a really good result for Everton um, and against Arsenal's uh, strongest eleven that they have available to them. So uh, we'll see if Arsenal can get back on track next week. But luckily, with them stumbling, the teams around them stumbled as well, and we'll get to that. Uh, any more to add to the early kickoff, guys? Uh, Martinelli has not been playing well. I think Trouchard should get the start for uh, the Brentford game. Yeah, he did come on. He did come on and have a nice shot, which Pickford dealt with. Uh, but yeah, I think you know with Trouchard there, it's, it's meant to be competition for Martinelli. Yeah, exactly. And, you got you got a lot of fire on the Martinelli's ass, in my opinion. Bench him. See how he responds to it. He's. Yeah. I think he's gotten too comfortable starting in that position. Yeah, especially being a young player, it could really uh, ignite a fire underneath him. Yep. One more question for you guys: Is Everton Arsenal's kryptonite? That's now five, or that's four out of the past five games Everton have beaten Arsenal. Uh, it's been five years and one day since Arsenal have come to Goodison Park and won. That was back when Arsene Wenger was the coach. Uh, Arsenal's one win in the past five games was on the last day of the season last season, uh, which we'll call the Hangover game. Updated El Tacoco Premier League standings have Everton sitting first place on four points, Man City on second place with one point, and Arsenal uh, holding up the lot with zero points at the bottom. We'll move on, though. Also, I said my piece. Moving on to probably the most exhilarating game of, uh, of, of the weekend, uh, Villa Park in Birmingham, England, hosted what would be one of the most fun games that we've seen in, in, in a pretty good while. Uh, Aston Villa hosts Leicester City. Uh, two teams started the year poorly, have regained their form just a little bit, and go head to head in what's called the Midlands Derby. Uh, Aston Villa off the blocks quick with a nine-minute Ollie Watkins goal, only to be pegged back by James Madison in the twelfth minute, and and what was just a gift from Aston Villa trying to play out of the back, uh, an own goal. A Leicester own goal by Harry Sitar saw Aston Villa take a 2-1 lead, their second lead of the game, only for Kalichi E and Nacho to peg them back in the 41st minute just before halftime. But even before halftime, Tete would make it 3-2 and bring Leicester their first lead of the afternoon, and then Dennis Pratt would see it off uh, in the 79th minute for a 4-2 win for Leicester. Guys, this was a fun one. What was your take on it? I mean, wasn't this the uh, Tete, the Brazilian's first start in the Premier League? I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, yep. man, what a what a fucking debut for him. He he really performed out there today, and is really happy to see him get that goal. I love seeing uh, new players shine in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, Leicester City is this. Uh, this is exactly what you want to see out of them. A response, a high flying Aston Villa team since Unai Emery. 
pretty sure uh, since uh, him, they're like third in the Premier League. So, yeah, that's, this is a big win for uh, Leicester. Yeah, it is. It was a really fun one to watch. Um, and to highlight one player's performance, uh, Ihe Nacho, he probably had the best performance of everybody in the Premier League with a goal and two assists. And that was just the first half for him. Um, but yeah, hopefully this Leicester team can get back on a roll and can keep themselves from being in that relegation fight. Yeah, they, they've struggled uh, so far up in the Premier League. Um, but this this three points is a big three points for them, and it'll get them moving and get the wheels turning again. Uh, special mention in this game, I thought James Madison had a really good game. He came off in the 67th minute, but he seemed to get a little bit of form back, which which I feel like he's been dipping a little bit this season. Uh, we we don't see him staying past this summer, right? Yeah, I think he's gone. Um, there have been rumors of City wanting to go signing, but I saw – as late of today, that uh, we've kind of distanced ourselves from signing him. But I still see him leaving. Yeah, I can see him going to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. That'd be an interesting one, yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a good one. Um, four to yeah, Leicester I mean, on the road, three points for them. Sorry, what were you going to say, Sid? Madison has eight goals this year, which leads Leicester, too. So that'd be a really big loss, especially if their recruitment – uh, holds up to what has been since about 2020-2019 where they just haven't brought in players who have been up to par for the Premier League. they got to get that one right, 100%. Yeah. Maybe the Tete is a, is a sign of, of things to be turning around uh, in Leicester. Uh, with that, you want to move on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can. We'll move on to the G-Tech Community Stadium uh, where Brentford played host to uh, uh, Premier League uh Bottom of the table, Southampton. Uh, this was a good one up for about 41 minutes. The, the youth of Southampton uh, were, were giving Brentford a pretty good fight. But this Brentford team, man, something about them, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're a special a special bunch. Ben Mee's 40, 41st minute goal saw them have a 1 0 a, a lead just before halftime. And Brian and Waymo only three minutes later, I believe it was less than three minutes. So it was almost like 30 seconds or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Saw Brentford go up 2 0, uh, only from Matthias Jensen to uh, extend their lead to 3 0 in the 80th minute. And that's where the game would sit. Dismal for Southampton here is, is they can't buy a win except for Charity FC earlier in the in the month of January. Guys, Brentford, however, really, really look at a team that, that could that could punch for that that one of those top seven spaces, or am I crazy? No, you're not crazy at all. This Brentford team is high flying right now. They're looking really good, and it's not a team that I want Arsenal to face this weekend, but it's a test we gotta uh, take, so gonna be a tough one man Brentford they're looking really really good uh even with uh Ivan Tony not getting on the score sheet um what's his name I can never say his name and Buemo the got second goal scorer yeah and Buemo. Um, yeah he's been playing really well when Ivan Tony uh isn't really there to play so yeah good good game for Brentford yeah another one is Wissa he's always showing up um he missed a chance early but he was able to get an assist on that Embuemo goal. Um, they just have a good core squad, you know. Like we've talked about, the 
uh, whole of the squad is better than the individual players for them. So, yeah, I could see them stay, stay in top seven as well and competing for top six, depending on how Brighton's uh, form goes the rest of the season. That's right. Uh, Southampton still abysmal, still dismal looking. Uh, not really, not really a, a, a really good performance, and, and it doesn't look great for them moving forward, does it? Yeah, no. No. Uh, Southampton's a lot to go down for sure. It was a smart move by them to go ahead and get a, a manager. Like I said this earlier, uh, get a manager that's proven in the championship with all this young talent they have. I think they can be a force to be reckoned with coming back up in the Premier League in two years. I agree completely. For me, there's still a lot. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll move forward to uh, another one of those 10 o'clock games. Uh, Brighton Hove Albion left it late against uh, relative relegation-threatened Bournemouth, uh, but our guy Carol Matoma in his 87th-minute goal found Brighton 1-0 winners in their own stand against Bournemouth. Guys, this was an interesting one because – uh, talking before the match, you know, I had I had Brighton winning this easily, and and they definitely struggled. Bournemouth gave them a push, but that Matoma kid, man, I tell you what, he can make magic happen, can he? Yeah, that's his fifth and seven games. Um, uh, for Brighton, I mean, and Brighton had chances too. They had twenty shots, six of them on target. I mean, I guess you could put more on target and work the keeper, but chances were definitely there. Yeah, man, this this Brighton team just produces talent left and right. They just their recruitment is crazy. It's it's very impressive, honestly. It's, it's even with the head coach, dude. They went out and got a unfamiliar coach, and look what he's doing in the Premier League now. Was a good game. Was a one of those those interesting contests where you, you know Brighton's going to get a goal at some point, but are they going to get a goal at some point? The magic happened, and Brighton earned three points to keep them sitting pretty up there towards the top half of the Premier League, where Bournemouth are are uh, really struggling to catch their form. Uh, their their form guide looks looks very very uh, dismal as well, with uh, four losses and only one draw in their past five games. Uh, yeah, so- this. This Bournemouth team is just full of runs, in my opinion. They'll go on a run where they draw or win a couple games in a row and then just take a bunch of L's in a row. It all comes down to what they're doing at the end of the season if they're going to get relegated, in my opinion. If they get through on one of those runs where they can cop a couple uh, W's um, at the end of the season, it'd be tough for them to not get relegated. All right, well, we'll move on to uh... – Another one of those 10 o'clock games. We have five in the 10 o'clock slot. I hate it when they do that. I wish they spread them out a little bit more, but part of it, it is what it is. Uh, it makes for watching the uh, the goal zone on Peacock. It makes it like the red zone, or goal rush, my bad, because I was thinking about the red zone. It makes it like the red zone for me, which I love watching on uh, Sunday football. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. I like having like 10 games on like that, just back and forth action, different games. Yeah, this is actually the first time I've actually watched it. Actually, I watched it last year on the last day, and then I switched it to the Man City Aston Villa game at halftime. But this is the first time I've actually watched that. I didn't even know that was a thing. It was pretty cool. Uh, Premier League action returns to Old Trafford as uh, Manchester United hosted Crystal Palace. Uh, early Will Hughes handball that went to VAR for a check after the referee denied it on the field saw a Bruno Fernandez pin bring Manchester United up 1 0, and that would be the score at halftime until Marcus Rashford, who has been on a streak of his own, flying hot form, uh, took a 2-0 lead for uh, Manchester United. 
Only for eight minutes later, Casemiro to be shown yet another card. This one uh, of the color red after a uh, deemed choke on Will Hughes said uh, handballer in the first half. Why would you choke somebody that gave you a goal? Who knows? We'll get to that. Uh, and Crystal Palace would be able to take advantage of that by scoring a goal. Uh, but the final score would end uh, 2-1 as Manchester United go on and take the three points. Guys, I'll ask the question first off. Obvious handball for all of us early in the game, correct? Yeah, it would have been very harsh for United not to get one. And lucky on Palace's part if one wasn't, or, yeah, if one wasn't given. Yeah, I agree completely. It was a handball, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, um. Now let's talk about the uh, Casemiro red card. Was that was that an obvious straight red for you guys? Yeah, I'm not sure what was going through his mind when that happened. Yeah, I mean, definitely a red card. You can't be putting your hand. Was it, it was pretty sure it was both of his hands, wasn't it? Yep. Both of them around. Uh, yeah, Will Hughes's neck like that. Come on. Yeah, that was just stupid. That's an easy red card. Easy three games. Yeah. And I really thought, um, uh, what, oh my God! I really, Chris, I really thought Crisario. I really thought Crystal Palace was going to make a comeback there too. They looked hot right off to the red card, and they scored the one goal. And I was thinking, oh shit, here we go! But they just couldn't pull it off, unfortunately. You know they couldn't. And uh, Manchester United has elected to not appeal the uh, three-game suspension, so Casemiro will be out for their next Smart three move. games. I think it is too because I think if you you just appeal for appealing sake, it, it yeah, kind of makes no sense. Um, but that's part of it. Uh, Manchester United will be without one of their most important players for their next three games. Uh, we'll see how that sees out. Um, it was a big uh, transfer deadline deal for them getting Sabitzer on uh, Sabitzer, whatever you say his name, on loan from Bayern Munich, yeah, uh, center so- midfielder. Marcel Sabitzer makes his uh, debut for Manchester United in the 81st minute. What did we think of his short cameo in the nine minutes that he played? He looked pretty good. Um, Obviously, he's going to take a minute to gel with this team, but especially with uh, Casemiro going out, I think that he'll play a huge role in United's run for top two. Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna. Get, I think he's gonna have to get thrown in the fire here pretty quickly too. They got Barcelona coming up here soon. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be. Uh, they got their league, uh, the uh, league cup final against Newcastle coming up here soon. Big stretch stretch of games for Manchester United in February. I believe nine games in February. So we'll see. Also, one more thing to bring up. Interesting move here from Eric Ten Hag is he brought on Alejandro Garnacho for uh, Walt Weghorst in the 59th minute, only to withdraw him in the 87th minute when they were under fire for uh, uh, former club captain Harry Maguire to come onto the pitch. I always think it's funny when you sub on a player and then you take him right back off. It just it, it, it makes it makes me laugh. He obviously had a pretty good stint there, and it was a tactical change as they were parking the bus trying to see out yeah. the three points. But they did see out the three points, and – and that's uh, a good good look for Manchester United as the teams above them stumbled. We'll get to that. Uh, any more from that game, Gus? Um, in his last seven games in the Premier League, Rashford has six and eleven in all thirteen. Eleven goals and thirteen in all competitions. So the man is on fire. Yeah, it's safe to it's safe to say he's on fire. 
on fire. And we'll see how he if he can continue that for him. Big contract here for him. We'll see what uh what that plays out to. We'll move on to the last ten o'clock game and probably the most enjoyable for anyone to watch. Uh the Molyneux Stadium in Wolverhampton played host to uh what was an absolute beatdown of an already broken team. Uh, uh, Joel Matip own goal in the fifth minute saw Liverpool go down 1-0 to Wolves away from home, only for debut man uh, Craig Dawson recently brought over from West Ham to make it 2-0 just in the 12th minute. It would, we'd have to wait to the 71st minute uh, where Ruben Neves would, would capture his third goal and, uh, assisted by Damachari, and that's how the game would finish 3-0. Guys, I asked the question, and I think we all know the answer. Is Klopp sackable? Yeah, any man, any manager is sackable, in my opinion. Um, will they do it? I, I don't think they will. I, I just don't think they. I don't think you sack them. I at least I wouldn't. But that, uh, just talking about the game, that own goal. What, what was Trent doing there? Do y'all think Trent could have cleared it off the line? I just think he was ball watching per usual there. If you go it's, back and actually like watch it, the ball like crosses the like it's like bouncing right in front of the line, right in front of them. Kind of the same old story with your internet. A lot of ball watching and, and yeah, I really mean, it's, just it's, it's it's sad to be honest with you. With a player as much talent as he has, it's yeah. just to see he doesn't try at all when it comes to the defensive side. I, I just don't. It's sad he, to see. He, yeah, it's, good. Jim. It's very clear that he'd rather play in a right wing back in a five back system or right midfielder uh, role. I mean, as much ball watching as he's as he's done this year, he's got the best seat on the pitch. I think you said it there. It's really kind of I don't want to say it's just been this year, but it's it, the the problem has been uh, a lot worse this season compared to other seasons. And I think he's just missing his his inhaler, which you can't use because it's a World Cup year, but. I'll take the tinfoil hat off, and, and uh, we won't bring up conspiracy theories these days. Uh, Wolves, however, a huge win for them as they're scrapped for a relegation battle right now. Uh, really, really, really big win for them. This this looks like a team that that's gonna that's gonna catch a little bit of form here and and just find themselves working their way up the table. I mentioned that the table is still heavily contested at the bottom. I mean, the twelfth place team is at twenty four points. Just nine points ahead of uh, last place, and it, it, you know, I think Wolves have have the quality. There's a lot of teams down here that have the quality, but I think Wolves have the quality, and, and they now have a system where they can they can find themselves moving out. Does everybody agree with that, or am I crazy? Yeah, I think uh, I think Wolves could easily finish at the head of that pack, like you're saying that twelve to uh, twenty pack. I think Wolves could lead that pack at the end of the uh, Premier League. I, I don't think they're going to be in that relegation fight no, anymore. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, we said multiple times that they have arguably the best midfield in the Premier League, so their quality, I feel like, uh, will see them at 12th, being that Leicester's inconsistency won't be able to contend as well as West Ham's inconsistency. Liverpool, it's it's very interesting what's happening this year with them, man. Fun uh, to watch. We we kind of yeah, it's very fun to watch. But we kind of called it in one of the earlier podcasts when we were, when I was hounding on him about how he still he had James Milner, uh, Jordan Henderson, and and Harvey Elliott the three in the midfield against Manchester United when they got beat. It's just like 
the 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 signs were were written in the stars and they were easily to be seen. I mean, this this yeah, you know. they're a, they're a team that um has played what what would you say sixty plus games or around sixty games for five years now, basically with the same squad with little changeover. So yeah, I mean, it that's bound to toll up on a body. Interesting stat: the week that uh, we were ragging on Liverpool, um, it was both. Theirs and United's worst start uh, to the league season in years. And they finished first and third. I didn't want to say it then because I didn't want to kind of jinx it and see them finish first and third again. But, I mean, that's United's form right now. And I'm glad Liverpool's still where they're at. Yeah. 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 We'll take that. We'll move on to the uh, 1230 game. Uh, which saw one of the hottest teams in the Premier League meet one of the most inconsistent teams in the Premier League. And what was a very interesting game. Uh, leading up to this is uh, Newcastle United versus West Ham. Leading up to this game, Newcastle striker Callum Wilson stated that he was in need of a goal and it was lucky that they were playing West Ham this weekend. Well, he got his goal. In the third minute, Callum Wilson broke free and put uh, Newcastle up 1-0, uh, only to be pegged back in the 32 minute by uh, Lucas Paqueta. Finally... Uh, Lucas Paquetas come into some, some light and started to play well. Uh, that would see out the game in a 1-1 draw. And, and really not what we expected from this one because this, this is more of the same from Newcastle where they're, they're struggling to get the wins, but they're, they're taking their draws, which is good, but not exactly the levels you want to see them at, right? Yeah, um, I agree. This is the form this West Ham team has been in, and – Newcastle playing them at home, you got you got to get three points here. That's, there's no question about it. So it, it was it was good to see Newcastle drop two points here, and it was also good to see um, West Ham actually pick up a point here. This is a well earned point for West Ham. I'm happy to see it. It just makes that relegation battle just thicker and thicker with all these teams, and I like it. Yeah, you really would have thought this game would have gone completely different after Newcastle's only took three minutes to score and looked really good from the start but kind of put did what city likes to do and just put it in second gear and kind of coast um they didn't they only had eight shots total two on target which i mean if you're getting a couple shots in the first 10 minutes you really need to keep it up the whole game as this west Ham team as bad in a position as they are in in the table they're still a good squad so two goals really would have helped see them out yeah, it, 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 it says something that West Ham was able to come from behind because they've struggled with that all season long. Um, and, and they did get their goal, uh, and they did see it out, which is, which is a positive from, from West Ham's point of view. Again, you know, this Newcastle team is so close. You take three of these ties that they could have easily won um, and, and make them wins, and, and the Premier League table looks a lot different, specifically at the top. Uh, obviously, they'll be looking to reload in the summer and, and gel even a little bit more. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on Newcastle as the, as uh, as next season could be a really good season for them. I think this season they'll, they'll hopefully they can finish out in one of those European places. Uh, are they a Champions League team for you guys? Or no, are we seeing I, Europa? I I think Europa League's more their speed this year. Um, going into next year for their rebuild, I I don't think they'll hold on to their Champions League uh, spot. I see a team like Tottenham coming in and getting it. Maybe even Chelsea can make a run for it, honestly. See, I tend to disagree. I think that they'll finish 
um, top four, probably slide into that fourth spot, uh, seeing that they draw most of their games rather than win them. But to me, they're in the top four, holding off Spurs, I think. Interesting. Interesting little debate there. We'll have to put up a poll on Twitter and see what uh, what the fans think, what the fans of the Tackling the Premier League podcast think. This One was Newcastle's uh, first goal that they've let up since uh, November 6th. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Over six games in which they've let in a goal. Nice. Yeah, Newcastle's been resolute in their defending, no doubt. Um, it's just they, they can't really find the back of the net, man. Like like we all been saying, these draws, they might come back to haunt them. I yeah. That. We'll move on to the uh, early Sunday game. Uh, in which saw a debut for uh, Kaylor Navas from PSG gets his gets the gloves and gets the nod to start in goal and wins man of the match in a one 0 win uh, that saw uh, a fourteen minute Brennan Johnson goal against the run of play see Leeds lose one 0 at Nottingham Forest and see their manager Jesse Marsh get sacked just days after spending forty million on uh, American midfielder Weston McKinney. Guys, we'll start with the game. Obviously very disappointing for Leeds, but they looked a better side, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, they definitely did. Uh, Nottingham Forest definitely had the better goalkeeper in goal today, Kaylor Navas. What a signing that is from Nottingham Forest. I understand why they made it. Um, uh, Dean Henderson, he's going to be out to like late March, early April. So, I mean, they had to make uh, something in the goal uh, goalkeeper department or they would have been down there relegated, in my opinion. So, Good move here. Kaylor Navis is definitely going to show out for Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I agree. It's something that they had to do. Um, and Brennan Johnson, with his fifth goal of the season, I'm pretty sure, he took it really well. It was a really nice goal. Um, yeah, since the, since the start of the uh, – since the restart after the World Cup, I'm pretty sure Brennan Johnson's up there with the most goals and assists in the Premier League. Very um, impressive restart for him. Yeah, and also um, for U21s in the Premier League, I think he's top three with um, Saka and Martinelli. Yeah, nice talent to have there at Nottingham Forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a talent and was one of those people, one of those players that Nottingham Forest was desperate to hang on to. Um, but speaking of, but speaking of talent, fellas, there's talent all over this Leeds team and. What 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 do you think Jesse Marsh just couldn't get right? What was it? Finding the back of the net in crucial games, I think. I think he I think he's been a, a bit unfortunate personally. I mean, uh, the striker department they have the talent, but they can't stay healthy. I mean, Bamford's just now back from injury. What what seemed to be such a long injury, and Rodrigo's gone down now. It's like they or they can't get a striker you know, fit and running and keep him in the team, which is which is really huge when it comes to scoring goals. I also made the point I the midfield was a was a area of concern for me because this team was set up in a four two three one with Jack Harrison playing the 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 center attacking mid right behind right behind Banford. And Harrison spent the majority of the time out on the left wing with Ganato and there was no one advanced of uh Rocca and Tyler Adams. It was just it, it, it's, it's a really interesting setup by Jesse Marsh. 
And ultimately, obviously, uh, it seemed to his demise as they just could not find the back of the net. Yeah, I agree with as uh, with the positioning of players. Jonto looked great out wide and has for a while. Um, and Harrison's more comfortable out there. So, to me, starting Aronson, I mean, I guess I am a little biased being that I like Aronson and that he's American. But it just fits that system a little bit better. But I think it was the right time to get rid of March. Um, is three total points in the last seven games for him uh, in a relegation battle? That's just not good enough. Yeah, this is definitely an intriguing job if you're a manager out there looking to move up potentially. I'm not sure why the West Brom manager decided to stay at West Brom and take an extension. Uh, that's surprising to me. This this Leeds team has talent all over the pitch. Young talent too. That is an interesting. Really, decision. it really comes down to, like you said, Jack, having a striker to stay healthy, and in my opinion, just getting this defense sorted. I, it's just I'm not sure about the defense either. And speaking of contract extensions, I got a stat for you guys. Since uh, Nottingham Forest signed a new contract on October 7th after losing 4-0 to Leicester and sitting rock bottom of the Premier League, Forest have won eight and drawn five of their 19 matches in all competitions. That's impressive. I mean, they were I, we, yeah. out, they were down and out. Well, we signed the manager, give them an extension, and bang, they're right back at it. What is it? They're finally like starting to find like they're solid like sixteen players they interchange. Yeah, like we've been saying, it sounds like yeah. it. And and, and uh, I mean, thirty players they've signed. Uh, the list guy. I mean, it's a long list of players. Since but. Uh, since the uh, summer before the uh, championship last year, I'm pretty sure it's like sixty something players that have gone through the squad. Jesus, ridiculous! Absolutely ridiculous. What a what an interesting way. Uh, to to run a club, and we'll see if it works out for them as as they move forward through uh through uh the relegation battle. Um, you you see them safe, right? You see them finishing above Leeds, or you see them safe, or you think they'll be pegged back into it? No, I definitely think. Uh, like I we were talking earlier, I think Wolves jumps them. Um, it'll be interesting to see this Leeds team, but um, I think Nottingham Forest with the Kaylor Novice, I think they're safe. That was a big signing, in my opinion. He's a great goalkeeper. If he can stay healthy, I think they're safe. Yeah, especially being two games away from that zone, I think they're safe too. Uh, for me, I still got Everton, Bournemouth, and Southampton going down. Yeah, I agree. I agree with those three. Well, y'all done with that? We all move on to the the Sunday afternoon game. Not yeah, really. Not really. <laughs> We'll move on to uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, which saw uh, the second game of the season between Tottenham Hotspur and Manchester City. Uh, and just like in the first one, Tottenham Hotspur uh, got their goal in the first half. Uh, they were up 1-0 at halftime instead of 2-0 like last time. Uh, Man City couldn't get it going to peg them back, uh, and they saw themselves 1-0 winners against uh, the reigning Premier League champions. City within a chance uh, to to gain some points on league leader Arsenal's, and, and they fumbled the bag on this one. Um, like I said, Spurs 1-0. Guys, what went wrong for City in this one? I'll start with you, Justin, because they're your team. What went wrong for City in this one? Huh. Well, we like to play too much possession. Um, there's 
images of Holland making a great run and us just either going out wide to Mares or turning back and wanting to play the ball just around. And I mean, possession does you well sometimes or most of the time being City's case, but Holland, you got to play Holland the ball, especially the image that I sent you to on uh, Twitter where Bernardo just doesn't make that pass to me. If you start KDB there, he makes that pass and uh, puts Holland in behind, and who knows what can happen then. Um, which, to me, KDB, it needs to be starting over Bernardo anyways, seeing that Bernardo's kind of checked out this year. He wants the move to Spain um, and Barcelona or really anywhere else, PSG. Um, but coming into this one, I was really worried, seeing that we haven't scored at Tottenham since – 2018 and that was early 2018 so we haven't won at this stadium the last four times we've been there so it wasn't really hopeful for me going in there but figured we'd do better yeah like uh like jack said earlier speaking of uh everton being uh arsenal's kryptonite it looks like tottenham is man city's kryptonite yeah, I've been saying that since last year whenever they did the double over us. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. Spurs have, uh, have seen to have City's number. Uh, they almost did earlier in January uh, in that in that 2-0 up at halftime and then lose 4-2 game, uh, but unable to see that one through. I agree, you know, I think, I think City could look to play a little bit more direct at times, uh, especially with the prolific goal scorers as Holland is. I mean, he... You know, he, he's so fast. He's so big. He's known for that. And it seems they they have scored a few goals when they've played directly uh, into him, speaking specifically at Wolves and at Brentford. But, you know, it, it it's one of those things that Pep has to get right, and we'll, we'll see what Pep decides to do with it moving forward. Yeah. It's like, is a manager willing to change some of his tactics to fit a player's uh, skill set like Holland? I think it's something you have to do. When you have a player as good as Holland – and he's no, you know, like his talent is proven. So, you, I think Pep needs to change a little bit to focus on getting Holland involved. Yeah, hopefully the best manager in the world will see what everybody's talking about. Literally everybody, everybody, you got there. Well, that wraps up uh, our game week here uh, of uh, uh, what what was an interesting one, and we're so glad to be back at it. Jerm, I'm going to let Jerm take over now. He's going to run through what, what we have coming forward for you guys in our prediction point of the podcast, see what we can, if we can make a little bit of money here for you guys. Yeah, so we actually have a replay game uh, midweek that we're going to do um, in our next week uh, coverage. It is a Manchester United-Leeds. What do you all have in that one, fellas? It is at Old Trafford. Yeah, I got United. Um Rashford continues his form. He at least gets one. Be a good one to watch. Um, just what how we all know Leeds can play. But I see United with a two-one victory. Thing is, uh, the game is tomorrow, and Leeds have yet to replace their manager. There is no new manager bounce. It's a caretaker manager. Not really much of a bounce going on there. I see, I see Man United taking three points out of this one as well. Yeah, I agree with. Uh... Y'all on this, I think uh, Man United wins this one. I don't like Jack said he brought up a good point. They still got the caretaker manager there, no new manager balance like Everton had against Arsenal. So yeah, I think uh, 
Manchester United win this one comfort- comfortably. So we'll move right along to the first game of Saturday, 7.30 kickoff. It is West Ham and Chelsea, a little uh, London derby here. It is at the London Stadium, so a home game for West Ham. Justin, I'll start with you. What do you got in this one? I think this one will be a hard fault game uh, all the way through the 90. It's hard to bet against Chelsea with the quality and the money that they spent. Um, But I think it's low scoring, 1-0 Chelsea. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off Sue there and go 2-0 Chelsea. I think think they've got the quality to see this one out. Uh, And I think West Ham continue to struggle. Yeah, both of these teams coming off a draw um, this past weekend. So it would be interesting to see how they perform. I would say it was a good draw for West Ham, but a bad draw for Chelsea. So West Ham could be riding high here. I say they'll uh, pick up another dub. I, I like to see Chelsea fall a little bit. So we'll go uh, West Ham win 2-1 at home. We'll move right along to the th- uh, third game of next week. Uh, it's going to be Leicester taking on Tottenham. It's a home game for Leicester. So, Jack, who you got here? Yeah, I see um, Spurs to fight for their manager who's uh, at home recovering for surgery. I won't, I'm not sure if he'll be at this game or not, but I could see them I could see them putting in a pretty good performance. I'm going to go 2-1 uh, Spurs in this one, and Harry Kane extends his lead uh, as uh, Tottenham Hotspur leading goal scorer. Yeah, this one's very interesting. Two teams that like to sit back and counter. Um, it'll be interesting to see who has more of the ball in this one. Um, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Yeah, this is a very interesting game in my opinion. Um, Jack brought up a good point with uh, Conte having surgery. Not sure if he's going to be at the game or not. I could see that benefiting uh, Tottenham, like Jack said. Their players want to play for him. They know how their, uh, what their manager expects, how their manager expects them to play. So I could see... Uh, Tottenham winning this one. Uh, we'll go with uh, Tottenham uh, 3-1. Uh, so we'll move right along to the next game. It is going to be Crystal Palace taking on Brighton. And this is a home game for Crystal Palace, fellas. Jack, what you got in this one? Oh, this is going to be a good one. Crystal Palace is just struggling so much at the moment. Uh, they seem to be fighting the inconsistency bug. Um, but, uh, you know, the Brentford, or excuse me, that Brighton team are, are, are really one of those just special teams. I think they play through Crystal Palace like a warm knife through butter. I see them winning a 2-0 on this one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it was a tough uh, loss for Crystal Palace last week, especially um, yeah, once that red card happened and they thought they could get back in the game after scoring that one goal. So that was tough for Crystal Palace. I think Brighton – Riding high after that late that late winter, I think they'll uh, get the win. Like I was saying, I, I got Brighton two one here. So we'll move right along to the big game next week. The big game. It is Arsenal taking on Brentford. Home game for Arsenal, fellas. What you got here, Jack? Yeah, I think we can all read the writing on the wall for this one. Uh, Brentford will sit back and, and try to punch Arsenal on the counterattack as they do to pretty much every team they play. Um, Arsenal struggling a bit at the moment. They've taken two L's in all competitions in their last two games. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I got a 1-1 draw. Yeah, all good points. Um, and Brentford could take 
uh, some tactical pointers from Everton this past weekend, keeping Martinelli and Saka out wide because uh, Arsenal really does like to play through the middle of the field, uh, being with Odegaard and Saka, you know, he likes to cut in on his left. But I still see Arsenal coming away with all three. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1. Yeah, this one's really, really interesting, fellas, and it honestly scares me. This Brentford team is riding high, and Arsenal coming off their only their second loss in the Premier League, something we're not used to doing this year. I'm not sure, man. We need a bounce back. We need it bad. Are we going to get it? I want to say yes, fellas. I'm going to have to say yes, but it's, it's scaring me. This is a scary game here. I'm going to say Arsenal win at home. That home crowd helps us big. 2-0 win for Arsenal. Big clean sheet. We'll move right along to the next game, where it is Southampton playing at home against Wolves. Who do you got in this one, Justin? Um, I'm going to go with the quality in which Wolves has. Uh, and they're going to do something that they haven't really been able to do this year and find more goals. Uh. I'm going to say 2 nothing to have them at five in their last two games, seeing out the three points. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go um, a no-no draw on this one. Uh, I think Southampton are, are really going to – Dan Jones are really going to focus on trying to get points out of games. At home with the St. Mary's crowd behind them on the south coast, I think they, I think they, uh, they take advantage of Wolves struggling a little bit. And oh, not struggling a little bit in terms of form, but struggling a little bit in terms of the season scoring goals. I think they, I think they hold out Wolves for a, a no-no draw. Very interesting call there. I mean, it, yeah, it is a home game for Southampton, but I think just the way this Wolves team's playing right now, and the way Southampton's playing right now, I think Southampton just these players know they're going down, and this Wolves team's riding high. They're like Justin said, they got a nice little run and going here of games. Wolves, I think they'll pick up another win. So I'm going right along with Justin. Big win for Wolves. Um, so we'll move right along to the next game where it is Fulham taking on Nottingham Forest. A home game at Craven Cottage for Fulham, fellas. Justin, I'll start with you. What do you got in this one? I think this one will be an interesting one as well. Uh, Fulham, we know what they can do as far as attacking, but Kaylor Navas is a world-class keeper. Um, he just wasn't able to find PT at PSG. Um, so, you know Fulham's going to get shots on. It's just can they put one in. Um, I'm going to go with a nil-nil draw. I've got Fulham in this one, actually. I think I think not in force. Uh, you know, that was a big win last weekend against a, a really struggling Leeds side. Um, but I could see uh, I could see Fulham pulling out a a one or two nil win over over Forest this weekend. Yeah, this is going to be a big test for Kaylor Davis. This game here, uh, Fulham at home is going to get a lot of shots on goal, in my opinion. But Kaylor Davis is a world class keeper, like Justin said. He's playing in Champions League finals. Uh, World Cup games for Costa Rica and everything. So, yeah, uh, big keeper here. Going to be a big test for him. I'm going to have to ride with Jack here, though. I think Fulham's just going to get it past them one or two times. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win here for Fulham, man. 
So we'll move right along to the next game where it is Bournemouth taking on Newcastle. Big home game for Bournemouth, fellas. Jack, I'll start with you. What you got here? See it, man. I don't see it. I think Newcastle will get it done. Uh, I would say let's go uh, either 1-0 or 1-1. Yeah, you're playing it safe, uh, throwing that Newcastle draw in there. But I think Nick Pope and uh, Newcastle defense keeps Bournemouth scoreless. Uh, And I don't know if Isak's back, but he was on concussion protocol last week, so very well could be. And um, that's just another attacking threat with ASM uh, playing healthy now. So, yeah, I think Newcastle will win. I'm going to go 2-0. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely see Newcastle keep get back to their clean sheet ways here and getting another clean sheet underneath their belts. Do they get a goal, though? That's the question here. Can Bournemouth go toe-to-toe with them and keep a clean sheet? I don't, I don't think so. I'm riding with y'all here. More more with Justin. I'm not going to go with the draw at all. I'm going to say Newcastle win outright. I'm going to go 2-0 Newcastle. So we'll move right along to the next game, where is the replay of the game that is tomorrow. But this time it is a home game for Leeds. Will they have a new manager, fellas, that is Leeds against Manchester United? Who do you got in this one, Jack? I got I to gotta go for another three points for Manchester United. I think Aaron, Eric Ten Hag gets it done. There may be a new manager bounce. He may be, uh, he may be re- revealed at Ellen Road for the Ellen Road crowd, but I just don't see him getting it done. Uh, I'm going to go with a big one here. I'm going to go 3-1 United. Yeah, I tend to agree with Jack. Um, even if they do bring a new manager in to have him in for the Sunday game, you got three days to uh, get your team right, get your tactics in, and all that, uh, which I just don't think is enough. Maybe the next weekend, but for this one, United with another three points. Yeah, I could see United picking up another three points here. I agree with y'all. I do not think um, Leeds are going to have their new manager in for this one. Um, But, yeah, I would think they would announce it tomorrow and then at least have him give a little bit of time to prepare. But I don't even think they're on track to uh, announce anybody anytime soon. So, yeah, I don't think Leeds uh, get a new manager in, and I don't think they win either, fellas. It's just too tough right now for Leeds. I would hope they do. They got all that American talent. I would love to see it, but I just don't see it possible. I see Manchester United catching leads at the right time here with back-to-back games, and they pick up back-to-back wins. 2-1 Manchester United, 3-1 maybe. We'll move right along to the next game. It's a big one for Justin. It is Manchester City taking out Aston Villa. It's a home game for City, Justin. Who you got? Well, it being home, that's big for us, seeing that uh, Emery's going to have this Villa team right. Um, ready to play us. And with all the news circling City as of late, it's big to see how we come out and respond to that. Um, even though I see the title out of reach, um, especially if we have a points deduction this year, which is looking likely. Um, so it really depends on how the players come out and respond. But I'm still going to go with a... Two nothing win. Interesting, interesting that. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of you know this and that surrounding city right now. 
Uh, definitely couldn't see them uh, getting relegated or abolishing from the league. That would be nuts. Um, obviously, we don't know the full story. All we know is rumors and stuff, but that that doesn't seem like it could possibly happen. They've already beat this case once in the UEFA trials. Obviously, they won't be able to call on the same Swiss court that they used last time, but um, money beats law pretty much every time. And Man City have plenty of money. I'll say this, though. There's three real teams that seem to be Man City's kryptonite. Um, obviously, Tottenham Hotspur being the big one, but Aston Villa and uh, Newcastle both always give Man City a, a tough fight. Um, you know, Emery's going to have the team right. I'm going to go uh, 2-1 City here, 2-1 City. I think Aston Villa get the opening goal and Man City make a, a, a statement to, to come back on it. Yeah, this is a big game for uh, Aston Villa and Unai Emery here. He, Unai Emery's going to want to show that he he's a tactical master uh, mind and he can draw up some uh, brilliant stuff here against the big big boys. I think that might have been a reason why Aston Villa might have lost this weekend. Unai Emery's too focused on this game. We'll see, though. I think, I think it's going to be a draw, fellas. I'm hoping for a draw here. Nice little 2-2 draw. Yeah, That's what I'm going to go with. But we'll move right along to the, the real big game of the uh, weekend, the Merseyside Derby, where it is Liverpool taking on Everton. And is Everton having to travel to Anfield? Huge game for Everton and Sean Dice. Jack, what do they do here? Oh, man, I hate you started with me, man. I wanted to hear what y'all had to say about it. Dad, I think it's going to be a real good game. I mean, the the – Reverse fixture at Goodison earlier in the year on, on uh, what was it, Labor Day, uh, was uh, nil-nil. Um, this one, guys, under the lights. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with another uh, famous 1-0 win for Sean Dyche's Everton boys. And, uh, and the, the Dyche uh, era starts out with two back-to-back wins against big teams. Liverpool have been shit for him, and they're shit anyway, so 1-0 win. Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, we saw how the team really backed uh, Dice in the week leading up to the Arsenal game. And then you saw how they performed. Um, it seemed like every player bought into what he was selling. And I think you continue to ride it uh, through the next weekend. I, I'm going with the 1-0 win for Everson, honestly. Oh. Yeah, this is a big, big test for Sean Dice here. Uh, he's not at home anymore, so he's not going to have that home crowd rocking for him. This is at Anfield. This is, this is big. I, it's gonna, I'm excited for this one. It sucks it's at Monday at 3 o'clock, though. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a bitch. Um, oh, man, boys, this is tough to decide here. The way Liverpool's playing and the way Everton just played. I'm going to have to call a draw, fellas. Sorry, I'm going to have to go with a 1-1 draw here. That's a fair shout. I was going to say that as well, but, I, you know, I got to back my boys in blue. Yep, 1-1 one, one draw. BJ, you brought up the fact that it's not at home for the Everton crowd, but it's just across the park. And you, we all know that this Everton uh, fan base travels really well. So, I mean, you'll hear them sing throughout the entirety of this game. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that'll about do it for our predictions for next week and our wrap-up of uh, this game week. We really appreciate it uh, for all those who have interacted, all those who reached out to us personally, if you know us, and, and, and told us what you think about the pod. We enjoy doing it. We hope you enjoy listening. It's been a pleasure. 
Premier League, all the twists and turns, all the the you know ifs and ifs and buts and ands and everything and all the storylines that are coming, we'll be there to tackle it all for you guys. Thanks again and uh, cheers as always. Yeah, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, seriously, it means a lot. Uh, we'll see y'all next time.